All right, it is episode 10, season 2 of the Talking Ball podcast. Ryan Flannery and Antonio Davido here with y'all again here. Uh, it is December 14th. We're recording this on Antonio. Man, what's going down? It's going, man. You know, we just called a, a blowout game yesterday for our play-by-play here in, oh, yeah. in town and all that. Ryan and I right now, we're um, doing play-by-play color commentary for local sports here. We have been since almost a year now. We're approaching a year now. Baseball season yeah. right there. And so the basketball. You, you called it, man. You were Seton Hall. You called it when yep. you were doing it uh, at the college level. And I got to yep. say, man, I'm really enjoying calling basketball. Baseball's yeah, good. Football's fun. But basketball is just something else when you're calling it. A lot of action. The, when a lot of action happening. So, but no, we're having fun with that. And might be another short episode this week. Not really a lot going on. I mean, you got some crazy yeah. buzz happening and some NFL. Nothing like crazy in the NFL besides some injuries and kind of maybe who's going to take home the hardware for MVP and a little bit of NBA talk I think we got going. So, what's in store for the MLB run? All right, so let's start off with the MLB. We, you know, we had some uh, you know interesting free agent signings. I think the first one being a big one in Carlos Correa going to the uh, the San Francisco Giants. Now the Giants were in on Aaron Judge. They were in on Xander Bogarts. Couldn't land either of them, so they did the next best thing and they went and got Carlos Correa. So thirteen years, I believe, three hundred eighty million. So he's going to be making a lot, and he's going to be locked in. Other than you know not being locked in with the Twins. Because he had that year opt out thing. I don't, what was it like a three year contract with like a one year opt out or something like that? It was three or four years, and you could opt out after the first year. And so, like, he made like thirty five million last year, just Not for like one year. He didn't yeah. cash in at all. So, yeah, very true, very true. Well, I think he's in a bit, a little bit of a better situation in San Francisco. I think you know they're not to. Uh, I'm not bashing Minnesota's fan base, but I think that the the park is one of the more more beautiful parks in the in the the whole MLB. Their fan base is definitely a pretty big fan base, and uh, I don't know. So he's playing shortstop, but do they not have Brandon Crawford anymore? Uh, I don't know. I, yeah. I really haven't looked at the Giants roster. I mean, when I saw that, we were like, "Oh snap!" You know, like we saw he signed for over three fifty million for thirteen years, and yeah, and it's just crazy because his signing actually went against everything I thought the route players were going to go. Remember, right. I said they're gonna the Scott the new Scott Boris deals are gonna be one year pretty much with an option to go or four years or five years with a one year option after yep. to opt out. So you haven't seen much of that at all this year. Last year they were notorious for it, minus Chris Bryant, all of his guys. So you're seeing a lot more um long term contracts. I think players are seeing they're like, hey, you know, okay, I I tested the waters. I took a chance on a team like Correa did with Minnesota, and yeah. now I'm just, just I'm just gonna I'm not getting any younger, and I probably won't see another big deal like this. So I just need to. Cash in pretty much. I need to now, cash that, in and write it out. Is that why a lot of players like why? Why is it in baseball that and, and you know they do it in hockey sometimes too? But why is it in baseball that they have these long contracts, 11, 13, 12 years? Like why is that? It's just always been like that. I mean, there's yeah. no really like justification, I guess you could say, or anything of that sort. Which is like why? Why is that? I think it's just baseball players have a longer longevity, longer career lives than like football, and you could even say basketball players. Yeah, but there's no CBA. There's no um there's no salary cap. Salary cap, yeah. So that's a lot of it where it's like quarterbacks are signing like Mahomes signed for 10 years for 50, I think it was. Yeah, true, true. And now yeah. you're seeing players sign for like six or seven, especially quarterbacks. Um, the only running back I think I seen, like, which you could talk about too for NFL talk, but it's just like it goes hand in hand. Like Zeke signed that was it a six year one? Yeah, six, one, yeah. Six year. I can't exactly remember the dollar amount to like right at this moment. He signed right. a six year, and you don't see running backs get that. It's usually like three or four year deals. Because by the time they're 28, like their knees are shot, or it's just like because they're they're always they're always getting pounded. It's pretty right. much what it is. They're always, they take the most punishment of anyone on the offense running the ball all the time. But but in baseball, there's no salary cap, and there's no like you don't have to 
you can sign long term, but usually it's the star players that do. Right. And the, and you notice the older they get, the more they lock in. So like, like they'll get paid. You know, like Chris Davis is is now in the Bobby Benella style contract that he was yeah. in uh, with yep, the Orioles, yep. where they're paying him out like nine million over the next three years, and then five yeah. million and all that for his remaining like. 40 million or something like that, I think it was. So you're seeing that where players are like, hey, even if I retire early, I'm still going to get no matter what. So I think that's just where you're going to see the ones that are like, okay, I'm going to gamble on like Correa did with the Twins. I'm going to take, I'll sign a four-year. If we're good, if we, if I think we can play for four years, I'll sign that four-year deal right? and go on. But I only want to be here really one year if I have to be. And so that's where I see like players that they want to test the waters like, like you saw Judge, he was like, I'm signing long-term no matter where I go, whether it be San Francisco before he signed with the Yankees, the Mets, the Dodgers, whoever. Right. Ray Turner turned down a lot of money to go to Philly. He turned down, what, another like $60 million, I think it was, wow. 40 to $60 million to go play in Philly. So they were trying to make him the highest paid. And then you even see pitchers sign long-term. Garrett Cole a few seasons ago. Like you, you see players that know they need to sign yeah. long-term contracts in baseball to make their money. Yeah, so just I to think get you that saw that like, And Correa had a... It wasn't a power season, but he hit what hit 22 home runs. I think it was. He batted 291, which is phenomenal for a player in the league. If you can hit 250, you're considered one of the greatest hitters in the league. So you might yeah. as well cash on a guy. And I mean, I don't think this puts the Giants above the Padres or above the Dodgers at this nah, point. The Dodgers so didn't really, really had a quiet like season. Yeah. I think they're just going to hit the trade deadline again for players that are hitting the market next year, possibly for like one year rentals or stuff like that. I think they're going to be shoppers during trade deadline. But I still think the Giants got a lot more room to go. Like, they're going to be better than the Diamondbacks and and the Rockies. But I don't see them being better than the Dodgers or the Padres. And I think the Dodgers, excuse me, the Padres can take that next step after their free agency this year to really contend with the Dodgers for that first place seed there for the West for the division title. That's I think just you made my a, take on it. it. Just it's just there's no, no salary cap, so it's just, well, yeah, there's no salary cap, and I think the Giants kind of had to make that move because again, they're trying to keep up with the Padres and the Dodgers. Who not now the Dodgers didn't spend big this year, but the Padres certainly did, you know. So I think that this offseason really has been a lot of like competing, you know, with these other teams that buy these expensive players. You know, like the Mets, they lost the Grom, well, then they signed the best Japanese pitcher in the world, you know. So, so what? Actually, let's take your, your take on that. The Mets. Didn't keep DeGrom, but I think they did get better letting him walk. Yeah. That money they were going to spend on DeGrom for four years to maybe not even pitch. Yes. They're spending it on, uh, I think it's Senga. It's yeah, Senga, Senga or Senga. Yeah. Senga from Japan, a top prospect pro player from, from the Japanese league, as right. well as Verlander, who's a great one-two. That's a great one-two-three, especially in the division of the NL East, where the Braves aren't going anywhere. The Phillies are... Try to make a run for a pennant now, you know. Like, yeah, what do you see the Mets being competitive this year? Even Simon was it Nimmo, they signed Nimmo, him, they yeah. brought him back in the outfield, yep, yep, yep. and from there, so I, I think they had a really good uh winter meetings bringing Verlander. Yeah, I thought they did too because again, they lose a guy to Degrom, but then they turn around and sign two quality pitchers, one who just won the Cy Young. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, I, I think Steve Cohen's doing a really good job of spending money where it, where it's needed to be, and you know the Mets didn't really lose any offense. You know they got no. uh, they got Nimmo back, as you said. You know Lindor's still there; he's got to play up to his contract, but you know Pete Alonso's still there. I mean, a lot of guys are only going to get better as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for what the Mets are doing. I really am. I think that they're still in contention. I do. Yeah, and it's just they have to have pitching. You're not going to have the power bats right. like the Phillies have that you need to be able to at least pitch to them. One, yeah, two, three, and, that, and that was their issue in the playoffs. Like, they just – the Padres hit really well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's their stars showed up, and the Mets – 
Stars kind of had a little bit of a struggle. They only won one game in the series. So, but I think if you have guys like Verlander who are postseason ready, the World Series winners, um, you know, you have guys like you know this, this kid from Japan. He pitched in big games. So, you know, I, I think the Mets did a good job. I mean, they didn't get you know they resigned Nimmo, which I think they kind of had to do. But Nimmo led the league in triples last year, so yeah. he's, he can still provide offense. And he's not a bad fielder either out there in the outfield. So that's usually the case where it's like. They're good at bat, but they're a poor fielder, or like vice right. versa. Not like everyone, but it's just like like Jesse Winker, for instance. Or he they we traded Mariners traded for him from Cincinnati. Right. Terrible fielder, but he had a good bat and he was an all-star. So it was just one of those like they took a chance on that where not everyone's gonna be a terrible fielder like like Jesse Winker or players like that. Yeah. But yeah, Nemo's a good I think he's a good I think he's a good signing to keep because they're not gonna keep Conforto. Conforto wasn't even on a team last no, year. No, yeah. He's still and, looking for a job. Yeah. yeah. He's looking for a job. He'll he'll land somewhere. Um, I guess I could jump into that after where I think he'll land after this. But if you look at it, just it's just like they they signed the pieces they needed and they needed to ramp the vamp up that starting pitching rotation because DeGrom pitched he hasn't pitched over hundred innings the last three seasons since and that's Sion. why I, that's why I, I think, think they so. let him walk. Yeah. And he's Texas just too injured, is being notorious for spending money on guys that get hurt. Exactly. Ex- except for like Simeon had a good season. Seager had a good season, but it's like they're spending a lot of money, and, and it's just like how the Giants had to pay a lot of money for Korea. The Rangers are doing that in the ALS, where it's like Houston's not going anywhere. Right. Anything they got better this offseason. And then the Mariners are making moves, and they're that young team that's looking to make strides and trying to win a title now in Seattle. Yep. And then it depends what Angels team shows up. If the Angels can actually win games with Shohei and Mike Trout back there, then there the, A's, the A's are a lost cause until they move to Vegas or wherever they're going. So right, yeah. But they're, they're a really competitive, bad team. If that makes sense, you know, the A's, they're really yeah, bad, but they were, upsetting, it, yeah. they were upsetting teams like the Mariners and the and the Astros at the end of the season. Like, like they had something to play for, but they didn't. And teams right. were kind of just trying to coast to get into the playoffs. And so, so, yeah, it's just I see the yeah the Mets. I think they I would, I would give them like a B. I'd give them like a B for this offseason. I mean, just you signed the Cy Young. Um, yeah. You could have maybe brought some better bats in, but you didn't lose anyone major either minus to Rome, but it's not. Right. 2016, 17, and 19 Cy Young DeGrom. You know, it's it's um DeGrom hasn't pitched to 100 innings for three exactly. years and had Tommy. Yeah. So speaking right. of former Met, real quick, former Met slash Angel, Noah Syndergaard signed with the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, you, did you think he had a chance to go back to the Mets? I really thought he did. No, I I didn't. I think that ship's kind of sailed. You know, I think he maybe probably feels the Mets gave up on him, to be honest with you. You know, he was traded. He was he signed with the uh, the Angels, and then he got traded to the Phillies. But, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I think that ship has sailed, and, and the Mets already signed two great pitchers. I don't think there was any room for him, to be honest. I don't think Cohen was going to spend the money on Syndergaard. But I think the Dodgers got a pretty good deal, and they're not paying him a lot of money. And, I mean, the guy's— One-year deal, too, isn't it? Yeah, another one year deal for him, and you know, I mean, they lost Ross, they lost Stripling to the uh, the Giants, so yep. you know, I think they they again we're we're talking. This is like the off season of like an MLB teams needing doing what they need to do to stay yep. relevant, to stay competitive, and the Dodgers were kind of you know we said they were kind of a disappointment last week because they didn't really go after anybody, they didn't go after Correa or Judge or you know, so they're kind of sticking with what they have. They lost Bellinger, right? But they're sticking with what they have and their young guys and Mookie Betts and. um and uh, of course, uh, Freddie Freeman, and you know we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean that that Syndergaard signing, I think, is going to be a sneaky good signing. I really do. Yeah, and the like the Dodgers did what they had to do to stay relevant. I mean, right? It's their division to lose still. I feel, but I think the Padres can contend for it. Sure, we'll just see. Baseball's a long season. Oh yeah, injuries can happen, and this and that can happen. And like I said, they weren't really buyers during the 
winter meetings and the free agency, but I, they're always buyers that trade up. Someone's going to be like, I'm unhappy. Bring me to LA. And then LA will give some package that no one even knew existed. Right. I mean, look what happened with Soto. Soto, that's the exact situation of that. Juan Soto wasn't happy. He didn't want to be in L- in uh, Washington and, you know, DC and uh, demanded a trade, you know, Hey, that- trade me. And they, the nationals didn't really have a choice yet. That didn't that matter. So there's a big name that's still out there. Dansby Swanson hasn't signed. Yeah. That's surprising. Do you, see, do you see the Braves just waiting to say, hey, we'll throw an offer at you and no one else does? Or yeah. I mean, because he's World Series champion. You know, he's a good shortstop. Right. So he's a right. decent bat to have there in your lineup. I mean, the, I don't think the Mariners will sign him. I they they signed Colton Wong. Your weak point was the mid infield. They're very set on JP still being hoping he could be the gold glove shortstop he was back a few years ago. Right. During the, the COVID year in 2020. But is there any teams really that need a shortstop? I mean, I think that's what's covered. I mean, the Giants signed Correa. Yeah. Trey went to the Phillies, right? So it's just like, do the are the Braves just really like, yeah, you tested the market, but really no one needs your skill set. Right. Like, and that's not a disadvantage. Well, He's a good solid player, but it's like, yeah, you weren't like the hot commodity, like a Trey Turner or a Correa or these players. So right. I do you think he stays put? I, I think he'll stay put. Yeah, I, I do. I, do the Yankees? I mean, because they had Connor Falefa at shortstop last year. I mean, I think they probably would love to, or you know, they can move Torres there too. But uh, primarily, it was it was Connor Falefa at shortstop. I would be surprised if the Yankees make a move at him, to be honest, because they they kind of want that a little bit better of a glove, a little bit better of a hitter, you know. And I think Swanson can provide that. I mean, I know the Yankees could sign everybody if they wanted to with the money they have, but you know, I mean, I I, I can see him going to the Yankees, to be honest. Yeah, I can see that. It's just a matter of does he want to shave that that beard and cut that <laughs> hair? That's the thing. He's got a big bushy beard. He's got some. He's got some yeah. long flow going. So it's a matter it's of you weird. Do you want to sacrifice that or not? Right. I right. mean, Boston. Boston lost Bogarts. So he could. Dansby could land in Boston. True. Actually, I think he'd be a really good fit in Boston. So right. I think time will tell. There's we just named a couple teams that need shortstops along with the Braves. So I think they're waiting to see, like you said, like big buyers, like that will throw money at a guy like Dansby just to fill a position of holding needed. And right. I totally forgot about Boston. Bogarts went to um, San Diego. San Diego. So they have a hole right there in the mid infield, especially with the shift going away. You need an athlete there in the, in the midfield, second and shortstop. Dansby yeah. can provide that, but he's just not this power hitting guy like a Correa or a bat like Turner's going to get you bat you three hundred and get you hundred RBIs. You know? Right. So, but he he's a good fielder. He's a World Series champion. He's a great player in in locker room and out. So I think yeah, if you're Boston or New York, why not? Why not throw something? I mean, yeah. AL East is going to be competitive no matter what. The yeah, Jays oh, aren't yeah. going anywhere. The Orioles surprised everyone with their rookies and yeah. their young team. And of course, the Yankees made a run for the World Series. So it's one of those. And the Rays, the Rays aren't going anywhere. Never. They with never their do. Their farm system of an MLB team. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those. Like, I think you have to try and pull them away from the AL East. Yeah, no doubt. Keep no them doubt. in the East, just in a different division. Now. Right, right. In the AL East, not the NL East. Yeah. Well, I'll be happy if he leaves because he's always torching the Mets. That's for sure. So. Yeah. Like Chipper Jones was the guy that always torched the Mets back in the day, and now it's Dansby Swanson, and of course, you know guys like Alzi Albies and uh, for, uh, Acuna Junior. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm all for him leaving the Braves. I want the Braves to get worse because that, even the NL East is going to be super tough next year. Like there really well, isn't, you know, the Marlins might even get better. You know, well, and here's the crazy thing with it. it's like baseball's like balanced across like the map. Like yeah. if you look at the baseball map, like the AL West has contenders. The, AL, the NL West has contenders. The NL East and AL East have contenders. Even the central divisions. It's like I'd say that's like the weaker point in the MLB would probably be that that's those central divisions. I just maybe the Cardinals, right? The Brewers, depending when they're healthy. But it's just like yeah, everyone else is 
you have solid teams on the, the coast that are good for the AL and the NL, but then like that central is kind of like that weak point right now. But that yeah. can all change. You just never know. Like I said, baseball is a long season and you don't know what you're ever going to get and have in store. No, certainly not. So is there any other guys out there? I can't really think of it besides Swanson. Carlos Rodon's still on the market. Oh, the pitcher. Yeah, he's still yeah, there. He's still yeah. on the market. And that's the guy I was saying, I guess I could jump into Seattle. That's the guy I was saying Seattle needs to go after. I mean, if you can throw yeah. him in there with, with, uh, if you can throw Rodon in there with Castillo, Ray, Gilbert, Kirby, and just bump someone down. I mean, that's a solid one through five oh, yeah. with your solid bullpen. Right. Like we talked about the Mets. They have that solid pitch to compete, right? They have to compete with the big bats. The Mariners need that with their starting pitching. It's it's already solidified. It's solid one through four. Marco was your weak link. Your bullpen's already solid, right? You got the one of the best, if not the best bullpen in the league, even going into next year, along with your starting rotation. I mean, you're not signing any big bats. You might as well throw some money at Rodon for at least four years. At least four or five years, match him up with Robbie Ray and Luis Castillo and just have a solid one through five where it can't miss. Yeah, and then miss, right. maybe go after a guy like uh, Michael Conforto. He's from the Seattle area. I believe it's Redmond, Washington. He's from. He okay. played at Oregon State before he yep. was drafted to the Mets. So why not go after a local guy? And he's probably you know, cheap and, and, too. And, and give him maybe a minor league deal or a veteran minimum deal that there the MLB offers yeah. and have him plug in that hole with um, Haggerty and Kellenek in the in left field or right field, whichever, wherever you don't put Teoscar. Maybe put him in a rotation there. If Kellenet can't do it, then he's in AAA and you put him in the trade block. But Haggerty can do it. Yeah. Haggerty's a 300 batter and he's a great nine hole hitter leading into Julio when he gets on base. So maybe throw some money at Rodon for at least four to five years. Just have him line up with that starting rotation to everyone that's under contract. Because then when that ends, then you're going to have to pay guys like the Gilberts and the Kirby's and, yeah. and your young bucks that are getting that gives you far more time to groom because they have a great rotation down below, below them. So it's like the Mariners. Pitching rotation and bullpen is set for, you could probably say the next seven to 10 years, depending right. how players turn out and their development and all that in the minors. But yeah, throw some money at Rodon, put him in there with Castillo, Ray, Gilbert, and Kirby. And that's a solid one through five, your bullpen. And then maybe throw some money at Conforto. Not not like a, like big money, but, but hey, hey, you were out last year. You took you have to nurse that shoulder injury when you had uh, surgery. Come play here. Come play for your local team you probably grew up rooting for. Sure. And let's go for a title. I mean, I, that's how I would throw it at those guys. Yeah, Up here, let's work. We're contending. We got a good young core led by Julio Rodriguez and his pitching staff and bullpen. Let's fucking do it. Yeah, you know, let's go for a title. And Conforto has that experience. He was on that 2015 Mets team when they made the World Series and they lost to the Royals. But he's yeah. been there and he's not old. He's only like 30 years old. So it's like right. you can you can throw him at least a one year deal or maybe like a two year deal. Yeah, he's and a good bat. From there, he's a good bat. He's a good bat for a guy. You know. For only a one-year deal, he's probably going to be cheap, and he's a good bat. So I think that would make sense for the Mariners. And like you said, man, the Mariners are, you know, Julio Rodriguez named uh, on all the All MLB. Which have they? Do they always do that? The All MLB team? Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. That was at like uh, a first, gotcha. second, and first, gotcha. second, and third team. I'm a little salty that he didn't make first, and I'm not trying to be like biased. Oh, he did? No, I thought he did. No, he made second team. Mike oh, Trout made first. Team. Really? Wow. And Mike okay. Trout had a good year, but he was hurt yeah, happy. he was hurt. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I think I think the Mike Trout hype needs to kind of go down a little bit. He's this phenomenal player, generational player, he but he's always healthy. Hurt. He just yeah. can't stay healthy. It's like, so you're going to ding a guy that had the same stats and played a full season. And Julio didn't turn it up till later on after the first month. Yeah. And then he battled some, like the, the hurt hand and, and the elbow and the foot, you know, and all that. So he had his injuries too, but not to the extent that Trout had, but it's hard to argue to not have Kyle Tucker on that first team from Houston. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was lights out and I, ah, who else got it on the first team for the outfield? It was, um, judge, judge, 
Oh, duh. Right. So yeah, well, you're not going to yeah. move Judge, 62 home <laughs> yeah. runs MVP, and you're not going to move Kyle Tucker because he had an MVP type season, you know, and he wasn't even in the voting. Jordan right. Alvarez was in the voting. I think they put him as a DH. DH, yeah, yeah. No, no, I think Shohei was actually a DH for the first time. No, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll It would be Shohei, the, I would think, yeah. I know. Actually, Kyle Tucker might have been second team. I'll have to look, but no, there were four Astros on the first team. Right. And then, it was, I think it was Valdez. I think it was Verlander, Baez, and um, I think Jordan Alvarez was. And then, because um, Kyle Tucker was on there, too. Like, the Astros... You're gonna put like one through nine on there. Like that's just how good they were. Right. And so, but yeah, I was just a little salty when I saw Julio didn't make it, but I'm like, okay, that's year one. Let's let's chase titles instead of all they, all that right. at this point. Well, we know what player you are. Yeah, so. well, he'll, he'll certainly be first team at some point. You know what I mean? Like in the years going forward. And well, like you said, it's really all about playoffs, it's all about championships at this point. And that's really cool to say as as a Mariners fan, right? I mean, I love you it. know, and we yeah. got an all-star game. There's a lot of hype going into it this year. Yep. MLB is kind of buying into it. All-star games in Seattle this year. I'm going to try and get tickets to go to it. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just excited going forward. Like, it's exciting. But I just hope it doesn't turn into, like, going to jinx of, like, the Griffey era, where it's like you yeah. have this phenomenal generational player in Griffey like we do in Julio now, and we just make nothing of it. But he's sure. locked in for four, eight to 14 years. Minimum right. all the way to 14. So it's not like right. we don't have him locked in. So yeah, we got the pitching staff locked in. We got the bullpen locked in. Yep. Have everything else locked in. So let's just make a run for it. Make a run for it. Yeah. And as a Mets fan, I definitely second that as well. So I think we've covered everything MLB so far. Uh, let's move on to the NFL and uh, the big story of the NFL week. What is it? Week 14, 15, I want to say. The Too NFL many weeks, Ryan. Too many oh, weeks. It it flew by. This NFL season flew by, no doubt. Um, and I felt like I haven't been able to keep up. Yeah. It's like I it's watch Red keep Zone and then I take a nap for like an hour for games. If games are going slow, and I'm like, I missed a million things. I swear. Like that's how this football season I felt went, man. Like yeah, yeah. On the nail, it's like already week like fourteen, fifteen, and it's it's already like, well, it's playoff time here in a couple. Yeah, weeks. And like four wild card weeks. weekends coming up in less than a month. So. In about a month, yeah, yeah. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. But uh, we'll get to the playoffs when they come near. But uh, it's Kyler Murray. He tore his ACL non-contact injury on Monday Night Football against the Patriots. Uh, it was on the third play of the game. I mean, it just was a devastating injury. And it could be a devastating injury for the franchise because now they don't have a starting quarterback. Not only that, but he's probably going to be out man, through it, the whole next season. Yeah, I mean, I'd be surprised if he plays and plays well. You know, uh, Chase Chase Young from the, uh, the Commanders had that same type of injury, same type of time last year as well. And I believe he just came back like last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. So... It's going to be rough, man, but the future of the Cardinals, I mean, it just wasn't a good year for the Cardinals in general with, you know, the Kyler Murray contract, the, the uh, you know, supposed holdout he was going to do, and then... No the, video games. Yeah, the video game clause, <laughs> which was that he had to study film for, like, two hours a day, like, or two, however many hours a week, you know, and, you know, people were questioning Kyler's work ethic and questioning if he was dedicated, and they had a horrible season to start the season, and they're four and nine right now, I believe. So it just after this team was eight and zero last year. Yeah, they took a big step back this year, and I don't know what their future is right now. The whole NFC West took a step back this year, yeah. minus the not. Okay, I should say not the whole, the half. Yeah, like we thought but Seattle was going to be terrible, yeah. and the re and the Niners are better. I thought they were just a little bit, just a little better. I know that defense is going to show up. Independent yeah. quarterback play with Garoppolo or or. Ray Lance, you know, guys like that. Now, Brock Purdy, and he's hurt. So they've been able to have a third string yeah, quarterback going I, forward. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I feel bad for, like, the Niners are just like a Super Bowl team. Like, we all know it, but, you know, it's just, it's going to be dependent on Brock Purdy, which 
I'll be honest with you, Brock Purdy didn't look too bad. He didn't, didn't look, look bad, bad for Mr. Irrelevant. He's very yeah. relevant now with how far he has to push these Niners going forward. But right. But to keep it on the Cardinals real quick, the it's just crazy like how their season started. Kyler Murray's contract, the drama around that. Why are you leaking this personal info for the contract if he yeah. if he plays video games too much? He has to study film at home, you know. And it's just like that's been going on since the dawn of time. Contract, it, it's no secret. Yeah. The moment something gets leaked or a contract happens or there's some clause in it, Shefty puts something out or another guy puts something out, and it's on all sports. It's not just football. But yeah. people, I know it's not like people forget, but like remember the Jamarcus Russell. Uh, uh now it wasn't like a contract. It was the biggest bust in NFL history for his contract. Oh, he got when they signed him, right? But, easily, easily. But it was the whole what was it? Where they gave him blank tapes to study uh, blitz packages, right? And he came back and it was blank. He went home, <laughs> came back the next evening. And they're like, "So what'd you what'd you uh, what'd you study? Oh, it's blitz packages. Well, it was blank tapes. So it's just like there's been stuff that gets out and like, wow. it's supposed to be maybe personal information, and yeah. it always will because. The thing is, it's the NFL, it's the NBA, it's the MLB. Stuff's getting a leak. The parody of sports and the drama is what keeps fans engaged for long seasons. That's true. And we talk yeah, about parody in sports all the time, you know? Yeah. People love the drama. They love the fact that Kyler Murray would rather play Call of Duty and be a part of the FaZe Clan than actually make his hundreds of yeah. millions in the NFL. So it's just like people love to see that drama. And sure. so there, there's been jokes going around now that he tore his ACL. Like, oh, oh he's going to be really good at Call of Duty. You never want a guy to get in. No, no, no. Especially no. that manner. So I know there's people going to roast him and there's the dark humor and things and all that. But but no, you never want to see a guy go down like that. Like, if they didn't make the playoffs, you know, right. and after he just got signed, it's just like, hey, now you got, you got no postseason. You know, you, you take you take Sundays off past January, you know? So it's just like, <laughs> um, then that, that would be funny. Okay, yeah, you guys had a terrible season. Now go play Call of Duty and stream and be part of your phase class. Not in like this sense. Like people are yeah. making the jokes, you know. Oh, he's got a lot of time for Call of Duty, but you know, it's like deep down, like he didn't want to tear his ace. No, he's still a competitor. Not. He's still yeah. competitive, but it's just disappointing. Like uh, DeAndre Hopkins, PEDs, he was out first. Six. Oh yeah, he had injuries yeah. on the O line. Like their running game was weak. Their defense was just, eh. you know, it's just like the Cardinals were not well constructed this year, and yeah. part of that is the GM and Cliff Kingsbury. So. I think Cliff's out of a job this year. I don't I think do he'll too. be out of the NFL. No, I think, I think, I think he'll be an offensive yeah. coordinator. And you know who's going to bring him in next year? New England. Because sure. he was a backup quarterback it. for Brady. And he has that offensive mind. Because they can't get McDaniels. There's reports no. out there. The, the Raiders are like cash broke. They can't afford to fire another long-term coach. Because yeah, they're still they paying John Gruden his right. $100 million contract. And they can't afford yeah. to, to. They're not salary cap broke. They're cash broke. In a sense, this got leaked that they can't fire McDaniels after the season because they'll have to pay him and Gruden. And that'd be like a hundred and like hundred and like 50 million over the next like 10, 10 plus years because of McDaniels contract. And then Gruden. So it's like, they can't even fire him right now. But I, I think Cliff, he's an offensive mind, maybe just not a head coach. You right. hear that a lot with guys where they just can't like coach a team, sure. but Hey, he can work. He can run a hell of an offense. He did it at Texas tech. He did. He showed it flashes with theirs with the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray. And it showed when they brought DeAndre last when they made the trade for, for DeAndre from Houston, when they finessed that trade yeah, for, you know, for, uh, from Houston for DeAndre. So I just think next year, it's going to be a rebuild year. Kyler's out the whole year. If you don't think it's a rebuild year, well, there's going to be QBs on the market. You throw money at Geno Smith, who maybe, maybe test the waters after this season, yeah. after the season he had Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on the market. Do you throw money at, 
anyone really Tom Brady's going to be on the market. Maybe he wants to be in the Phoenix, the Phoenix limelight, you know, not like limelight, but like the weather it's hotter, but it's, yeah. it's warm year round, which I don't think he would go to Phoenix, but there there's options out there. There's at least two or three QBs they can go after while right. Kyler is um, rehabbing this injury. And so where, what do you see? Like, I think Cliff's gone, but I think he'll sign. Yeah. They had a lot of noise in the off season. Kingsbury is just not, he's a coordinator. He's not a head coach. Uh, the PD thing with Hopkins, their offensive line is decimated. They they lost, you know, Patrick Peterson to the Viking. I mean, it's it's just a lot of stuff, man. It's a lot of distractions and noise and and not good things happening. And so, you know, and even their GM took a medical leave of absence today. So it it, it just they're they're just not looking good right now. And I, I just think there was just a lot of noise for them, you know. Yeah. And I feel and bad. A lot, for of, a lot of expectations when you sign a guy for that much money. Oh yeah, and you got to live up to it. And maybe that pressure maybe got to Kyler a little bit. Not that it had anything to do with the injury, but he wasn't playing well really before that injury. Yeah, you he know was. what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, I I think the Cardinals might be in trouble for a year, you know, next year and for sure. And, but what do you do? You know, you, you can't move off Kyler. You can't trade his contract. You know what I mean? And he's so hurt. Right. So there you go. <laughs> you know, so they're just going to have to tough it out. I mean, I don't think Colt McCoy is going to be the quarterback starting week one. I think you're right. I think that they might go after a Garoppolo or a Gino or a guy that can just fill in that void before Kyler gets back healthy. Yeah. So, yeah. No doubt. The other crazy thing, uh, the the entire if, if you're looking at the playoff picture now, and obviously we got four weeks left, so it's going to change a lot. But the NFC East, the entire NFC East is in the playoffs right now. If it started today, which again, like between the Seahawks being good this year and and that, I mean, like things that we never thought would happen. But yeah, I mean, the Cowboys are in it. Obviously, the Eagles are twelve and one. The Giants still there at seven and six, I believe. And seven, seven five and one and one, right, right. And then Taylor Heineke is doing his thing in Washington. So and I think they're seven five and one, right? Yeah, now. yeah, same record. So the entire, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if I necessarily see the entire NFC East making the playoffs at the end of it. You know, I do think it's going to be between the Giants and and the uh, the Commanders, but. If I had to pick right now, I mean, I, the, I don't know, man. The Commanders are—they got a better defense, in my opinion. I think Heineke, honestly, probably is a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. To be honest, like he seems like he's got some spark to him, and you know, then Chase Young getting back healthy, and you know, Ron Rivera is a good head coach. You know, they're—they're they're playing Sunday night this week, Giants and Commanders, and I see the Commanders winning that game at home. To be honest with you. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you 100. I don't think all four teams will make it. No, I, I think Seattle will squeak. Will squeeze in there. They'll squeak in at least as the final seed. Right. Um. They they're good enough offensively, and Kenneth Walker's going to come back, so Seattle will have a running game again, and it should without him back there. Travis Homer's not right. No. He's not the guy back there. You can see their running game was was weak, and defenses knew that. So you're seeing the offensive line struggle a right. little bit, knowing exactly. you're not going to run on us. So we're going to make Geno throw for four. Gino threw a couple crucial picks this last week. Yes. So Carolina came ready to play and they got up 17. So, I mean, that's, I don't care who you are. 17 points is a lot to come back in the, in the NFL, no matter how early the game is. And so I think Seattle, they're going to get healthy. They're going to get healthy at the right time offensively and defensively. And they're going to, they're going to run and at least make the wild card. I think the division's out of reach. I think the Niners are going to coast through it. They play the Niners tomorrow. We're recording this on the 14th before the 15th when the Seahawks Niners play. I think you're gonna. They're gonna, it's a good look because they still have to play each other another time after this. I think mm-hmm. they're going forward, but that's where it favors Seattle because they got to play the Rams still, and they still got to play. I believe the Cardinals again. I think they, have they played the Rams yet? I've totally been spacing out this. Which like, I've been watching them. Seattle. So I think uh, they have to play the Rams. Yes, twice. they have played the. They have played the Rams. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So they got to finish with the Rams. I think that's right. the last week, and then they got to play the Cardinals again. I believe. 
they got to play the Niners again. So it's one of those Thursday night will be a good test for Seattle to see like, hey, are we really in this? But then they also can't drop too much with only a couple weeks left because that tie that the commanders and the Giants have, the, the tie they have, it, it hurts Seattle because it's not a win or a loss. It's just kind of, it's just out there. So it doesn't hurt their win percentage or anything. Loss. So yeah, that's where I think the NFL needs to change it. I think they need to get away from the whole overtime and to, to save risk injury and all that. I say you just do college football, but not on the 25. Yeah, you, start I, on, I, I, you, start, like you don't start ties. on the 25, you start on the 40. Yeah. And you go until a team wins. Or right. I like that. And I like so, that method. Yeah. You don't do the 25. That's different for college, right? But do the college rule set but bring them to the 40 instead of the 25 and then they have to score. You can make it interesting. Hey, you only have four plays to go down 40 yards. Take a field. Yeah. And go from there. No first downs, four plays, 40 yards, field goal or touchdown type thing. You know, with the college rule set where you, you just start like on the half field it's, yeah. or even you can say the 50 yard line, but get away from the 15 minutes, like overtimes. Cause the teams are like, they see a five minutes. Like, well, we're on the 10 yard line, our own 10. Do we really want to risk a loss if we have to punt it and give it back to them? Like you see teams at a certain point, it's just like the fourth quarter. Teams are going to risk a loss with three, yeah. four minutes, five minutes left in the overtime. There's going to take the take the draw, take the tie because I know it doesn't hurt them, and then run with it because you've seen teams make the playoffs because there's no win or loss in that call. It's just a tie. So yeah, I think I think the NFL needs to resort to that in some way where there's no there's no tie because then you're you're. It just it just impacts seedings and strength and the strength schedule percentage and blah 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 like that plays a factor at the end of it too and head to head so it's like Seattle beat the Giants earlier in the season but the Giants not having that extra loss in there instead of a tie is going to hurt Seattle yeah, even though they have right. the head to head if it came down to the final seed or even the Lions you know which we got to talk about the Lions real quick I know it's on the agenda and I started rambling about the uh, the NFC East in Seattle maybe. Oh, we got to give credit, credit to the Lions, but, man. Dude, you, we talked about it. I didn't watch all of Hard Knocks, but you were big on Hard Knocks with the yeah. Lions. And you're like, I would run through a wall for oh, Dan yeah. Campbell. 100%. What? What's your take on the Lions? I said earlier they're a really bad team, and they've won, what, six of the last seven? Yeah, they started off one and six. They started one and six, and now they might actually, their last four games, besides, I mean, besides the Jets, who technically have a winning record this Sunday, they play the Packers, the Bears. They, they don't play good teams. So, I mean, they realistically could win out and make the playoffs. And they beat the Vikings. Yeah. Too. The Vikings were like, handily. Just give it to us. We got to win. And they beat them, like you said, just handily. Yeah. And they're a 10 and 3 team. Like they're the two seed right now. And their offense is humming. I mean, it looks great. And Jared Goff's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league over that stretch. He's looking like 2017 Jared Goff. Yeah. With Sean McVay. He's yeah. looking like. And so it's just, it's just crazy to see. And I, I love seeing it. Like I said, they were a very good, bad team, but it's like, Every team that has a winning record that they lost, like even Seattle, like they they were in a shootout with Seattle up to forty points. Like they yeah. they hang with these good teams and they're yep. beating teams that they need to beat now, especially in division in conference. And they they have a weak schedule going forward. I think the Lions could make a push even. Oh, them. I do too. No, I do too. I think it could be them. I, I don't really think the Packers are in it anymore. Like there's certain teams that I don't think are in it anymore. But you know the other thing, like. I mean, this whole like if you if you're leading your division, you make you make the playoffs. It's like the Bucks are probably gonna have somewhat of a losing record, close to a losing record, and they're gonna make the playoffs. I just uh, they'll just, probably finish eight and nine and make it. Right. I mean, it's like I feel bad for teams that you know say the Lions have a similar record or they are better, they're not gonna make it. You know, so it's like because they you know the Vikings are good, so it, it's just I don't know. I, I think the playoff thing, you know, they added an extra team, but. 
you know, you're making the playoffs with a losing record. I, I just don't get that. I don't yeah, get it. But it's been like that. Like Seattle did it. Yeah. Over 10 years day. ago. And then they beat the Saints. They beat the defending Super Bowl Saints. I mean, yeah. The NFC yeah. East has been doing that where they go eight and eight or seven yeah. and nine or a six and 10 team made it a few years ago, didn't they? From the NFC East? I believe mistaken. so. Yeah. Like a six and 10 team made it. Yeah. It's like, okay. Like I get if it's like eight and eight, seven and nine, like maybe a couple of games just didn't go your way and you're hovering around 500, but like, Six and ten, like it's that's terrible. where it's like uh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, this yeah. is like college football. Like I know we're not talking about college football, but there's no way in hell a two loss team is making the playoffs. I mean, right. TCU lost championship weekend, and every team that was ranked <laughs> close in championship weekend dropped, but TCU. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, I don't know. The I equivalent with of that. that. It's just like the equivalent of it. It's just like, yeah. it's just like, yeah, you lost, but you still stayed where. You could have a losing record. Because I remember they were like, there was going to be a four-win team. That's how bad the NFC East was that. A four-win team, a five-win team is going to make the playoffs over a team that finishes second in their division yeah. at like 12-4 and four, or 11-5. and five. It can't make the playoffs. I remember there were talks and rumblings like they have to change the format because there's too many losing teams right. making the playoffs and too many 11, 10, 11, 12-win oh, yeah. teams not even making it because they don't win their division and then the other wildcard teams above them win 12 or whatever games, and they're just missing out by a game, but they're behind like the Bucks or eight and nine or Dallas, who made it like six and ten one year or seven. Yeah. It happens. I think it just needs to happen. And if it keeps yeah. happening where losing teams are making it like that, then maybe look at a restructure where it's just like, hey, top teams make it. Top, top eight teams make it. No division. Take divisions out. You have NFC and AFC, but just no no division play. Just spread it out across the board. Yeah, you have 32 well, I, teams. You have 16 teams in each conference. You have one out of conference game, and then you roll with the other 16. You have a set. Yeah. You have an 18 week season now. 17 games. 16 are in NFC, no matter what, and then you have one out of conference, and just rotate that for the next whatever type right. thing. Now that that'd be the only way you can do it. And then from there, it's head to heads, same strength, strength of schedules. There's no way you can like dispute it or anything because you play the same teams that everyone else played in the NFC or AFC. And right. There's no there's no ifs ands or buts or questioning. So that could be a format they could go into. I don't see happening as people are like, well, they're the division winners. We them boys. They won the NFC East. It's like, yeah, no, it's one and eight and eight. Like, shut, shut up. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, they're not going to have a shot at winning the Super Bowl. That's for sure. But so. that's the only way I can see it where they do that. They just take away divisions. Yeah. And you just play NFC or yeah, divisions, AFC, NFC. And you right. play all 16 teams. And then the NFL throws you a bone and makes you play like the Patriots for Seattle once a year. Whatever. Just rotate downwards like. Okay, for this next four years, you're going to play New England. Each where it was before, like, I'm going to play this region, this region, and then go from there. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to see moving forward with, you know, but but it's all up to the owners. You know, we'll see what they do, but, uh, you know, I don't know if we'll, we'll see when that's going to be implemented. But anyway, uh, the MVP, it's, it's starting to be a little bit of a debate here because how well that Jalen Hurts is playing and has played this season. But you also have a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who is leading pretty much in every statistical quarterback category? Uh, you know who who takes the MVP this year? I mean, to me, I just think you got to go with the body of work that Mahomes has done. You know, he leads in pa- t- passing touchdowns, leads in yards. Obviously, Jalen Hurts leads in, uh, in in rushing touchdowns, but that's really it. You know, I don't think his passer rating is better, his team's record's better, but you know, Mahomes is just having a spectacular year, and and he uh, obviously he's won it before. So I hope there's no voter fatigue with that, but. 
you know, his team is still good, right? 10 and three. I mean, it's not a bad record. You know, I know the Eagles are 12 and one, but just the fact that Mahomes is leading in, in a lot of categories and, you know, his team is winning as well. We saw it with Aaron Rodgers the past two years. His teams were 13 and three. He led in touchdown passes, was the least yep. intercepted quarterback in the league. Passer rating was incredible. They gave it to him twice in a row. So I think if you're going to do that for Aaron Rodgers, you probably have to do that with uh, Patrick Mahomes as well. I think you hit it with the voters fatigue. I think like you saw with like the LeBron era oh, yeah. from like Miami through that close Cleveland years, the second sit in Cleveland, where it's like, okay, LeBron's really the MVP, but we Every can't year. just keep giving it to LeBron. And so right, right, I think right. in, the, in the NFL, it's just, it really goes off of how your season really goes. Like Mahomes yeah. is just Patrick Mahomes, but like people are talking, I think this is why he's going to win it. People are talking about how he, um, he how's he going to do without Tyreek? And he's proving it. Like people like Tyreek was a big staple in the offense. Their offense is better. Yeah. And they're, you could argue they're better without Tyreek, which yeah. is crazy to say. I think statistically they are. He's tearing it up in Miami. He's making Tua yeah. look like, like a second reincarnation of Dan Marino. Right. You know what I mean? Down there in Miami. Yeah, yeah. So that just, that's, that speaks volume for uh, Tyreek as the type of receiver he is, you know, but like Patrick Mahomes didn't take a step back at all. If anything, he's having a better season than he has in his previous season. He did. He's on pace for 5,000 yards. 5,000 plus yards. And I mean, it helps when you have Travis Kelsey is that and McKinnon, these guys have showed up, you know, Juju's having a great year in that. And so when he's been healthy, so it's just like, they brought these good role player receivers into yeah, there Travis you go. Kelsey yeah. and they're doing well. Like people like, Oh, they wrote Juju off in Pittsburgh, you know, after Antonio Brown left, but like, he's not a number one. And he knows that. I think he knows that now, but he's like, I could be a great role player receiver and get a thousand yards and help my team win the Super Bowl. That's what you're seeing in Kansas city. And that's what you're seeing with Patrick Mahomes. Like he's he is dishing that ball over. Of course, Kelsey's going to get his touches, but he's giving it to whoever. You know, they're right. trading for guys. They're just like, here you go, go downfield. I'll find you. I'm Patrick Mahomes. And it's just there was the competition between him and Allen. And Allen has fallen off later in the season. As the seasons went on. You know, of course he hurt his, his uh he hurt his elbow. So he had the elbow yeah. injury and all that. But it's just really Patrick Mahomes is the MVP this year. But I mean. You gotta, I think you got to start branching out. I mean, Micah Parsons is having a great year. Yeah, Matthew Judon is having a great year where it's like, yeah. if it's just a quarterback award, give like best quarterback of the right. year. But yeah. really look into like, is he more valuable than, than almost said Chandler Parsons? Micah Parsons. Yeah. Is Patrick Mahomes more valuable than Micah Parsons for what he's doing on that defense for a 10 and three Cowboys team? I think the last non quarterback to win it was Adrian Peterson, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're right. No, you or are. Der- as Adrian and Der- Derrick Henry didn't even win it when he oh. had his 2,000 yard season. Yeah, yeah. So he got a couple votes, but it was just like, yeah, it's always I been mean, a quarterback. It's always yeah. been a quarterback. I mean, you don't yeah. even look at receivers where it's like, okay, like really, like without Kelsey, right, taking away uh, like letting like that. It's just like that time. Look at it. like I think they need to be more fair with that because I know yeah. the quarterback touches the ball every single play of the game, whether they're handing it off or throwing it. The ball's always in their hands, so that's why they get the most recognition. I feel and. The quarterback is a face of a franchise, but sure, I think yeah. you need to be more fair with like defensive players. It's like Matthew Judon's pushing 20 sacks this season. Micah Parsons is pushing X amount of 20 sacks this season. Close, just, yeah. And it's yeah. just like, you have guys like that, like J.J. Watt in the past, T.J. Watt, you know, like Luke Keekley a couple seasons ago. Like he was an MVP caliber player in Carolina, like one of the greatest yeah. linebackers of his generation, of his era when he was playing. So it's like, I think you need to look into that sense where you need to be more, more open to guys that could actually win it that are actually like yeah. the most valuable player of their team. It's like, of course, it's a quarterback. You pay them 
X amount of money for 10 years. But the DNs, it's hard to argue DNs, man, because the DNs are the ones disrupting these quarterbacks, these right. all-star quarterbacks, these these big names in, in really good games. I mean, I would love to see Michael Parsons go after Patrick Mahomes just to show like, hey, I, I'm the reason he can't do this now. So is he really your MVP? I, to I open, you know. You yeah. see it in Super Bowls. You see it in playoff games where, where these star quarterbacks have rough games because DNs and linebackers are getting in their face. And they're yeah. good. So I, I just think it's going to be Mahomes. I ran yeah, with a I lot. Think, yeah, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes this season. But you really got to start looking at guys like Matthew Judon and Micah Parsons and just defensive guys in general moving forward because they can impact yeah. the game just as much as a quarterback has impacted the game. I think you made a good point, though, saying like the quarterback touches the ball the most. And I think he makes all the plays and, you know, majority of the nice plays. So I think that's a good point. But, you know, you have a, I think Mahomes is going to win it. But I think if he has a complete fall off, you know, it's going to it's going to be either hurts if he has a rise or burrow if he has a rise as well. So but, you know, I, I don't see Patrick Mahomes dropping off like that. No. You know what I mean? So, I yeah, I, and he I has all don't... those guys in sync right now. Like they're yeah. all in sync. And they're fighting for the one seed. They're fighting for the one seed because Buffalo technically has it for the tiebreaker. So, yeah. And you don't want to go to Buffalo. No. (laughs) In January. You know, I want to go to Buffalo in January, man. I don't want to go there now. I can only imagine February. It's going to be a snowy February. Well, it's going to supposed to be a snowy game with the uh, the the Dolphins coming to town this Sunday, so that's definitely going to be a one one to watch for sure. Speaking of, did you did you see? It was just like I don't remember if it's ESPN or who who reported it, but they had heaters on the sideline when they were playing in L.A. This last Sunday, really, when they play the Chargers, yeah, the Dolphins did. So it's like it's 55 degrees outside, but you're in a controlled climate. You still had heat <laughs> in a dome. Right? That's weird. Yeah. So they were they were cold. So it's like you're cold in 55 degree L.A. weather slash right. an acclimated controlled uh, stadium. What are you yeah. doing? It's 25 degrees or less. Well, you know, what's funny is that their head the coach. Their head coach, Mike McDaniels, wore a shirt today at practice for the Dolphins saying, I wish it was colder in here. So they're playing mind games right now. I don't know what the Dolphins are doing. Hey, he's a great, <laughs> great first year coach, man. I mean, yeah, no doubt. For coach of the year. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. So we'll see, man. But uh, speaking of L.A., let's move on to the NBA. Uh, the, the Lakers. I don't know, man. I mean, they, they were playing better at one point. You know, they, they won some games consecutively, but, you know, they played the Celtics last night, a good team. They were down. First of all, they were down 20. Then they were up 13. They gave that up and then they lost in overtime. So but it really is. I mean, it's just it's the LeBron and AD show and. That's really it. I mean, they don't have a reliable third, fourth guy. Now, a lot of NBA players are eligible to get traded to, as of tomorrow. So that's going to be interesting. Let's see what they do with that. But, I mean, what realistically, what trade can they do? They can't trade AD at this point because now AD is looking like the New Orleans AD. He's looking like an MVP right yeah. now. Or even 2020, 2019, 2020 AD. Right. LeBron's playing super well for his 20th year. I mean... But again, you have Troy Brown Jr. out there. It's like I, I don't really know what you know. And and Lonnie Walker, who's not really a proven commodity, and 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 Russ is doing better off the bench. He's taking it, you know, like a man for sure. But he's not gonna he's not gonna be the what swings the pendulum for the Lakers. I I, I just think that I, I really think the Lakers are just a fringe playing team at this point. I don't think they're gonna get a top seed, six seed. No, I believe, I'm with you there. There are seven through whatever ten seeded. Ten, is. yeah. So mm-hmm. they'll be a they'll be that bubble team to go in, you know, to maybe contend for a playoff. But the West is stacked this year. Like Portland's oh, doing stacked. really well, and I didn't think Portland was going to do that this year. Sure. So teams like that, like the Utah Jazz, are surprising. Sure, they fell off their pedestal where they were at, but 
Yeah. They're a bad team that's trying to compete. You know, even though they're trying to tank, Danny H is trying to tank. That's yeah. what happened. These players. I know he's probably people. pissed. <laughs> so it's just you. You're gonna have to give up the 2027 first round pick and the 2029 first round pick, and yeah. any deal you give with Russell Westbrook. So, I mean, there's rumors they're trying. I, I think they're gonna go after Bradley Beal. I think that's. Okay. A, I think if you're gonna give all out, go all out. You got to go for a, a star. <laughs> right. No, I get a what you're caliber, saying. I mean, a caliber star, Bradley Beal. But yeah. there's guys they're looking at guys like um they're talking to the Knicks or like Cam Reddish and some shooters, but it's like Cam Reddish isn't the top ten pick no, that people thought he was gonna be. No, no. And he was like a fourth option in a big three at Duke th- during that during that tenure. So yeah. I think the Lakers are in this kind of like panic mode and they realize they they messed up. They well, they're in purgatory, they went, man. They for, yeah, they're exactly they're in purgatory. They, there's like no way out. Yeah. There's no way in, and they're stuck with these big contracts and Russell Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson, excuse me, Russell Westbrook, right, opted in for his forty-five point whatever million it was. Yeah, can't He's blame like, him. Hey, you're not gonna throw that away just to go play somewhere else. No one watching. Like, you don't want me. That sucks. Well, you're gonna have to trade me for for nothing, pretty much, and give up your whole franchise, and I'm still gonna make forty-five million dollars this season. Yeah, right. I, yeah. I, there's talks they're going for Kyle Kuzma again. Why? You let him walk, yeah. or you traded him for a reason. Why do they you need, want him back? They need another. They need a star player. I, they need a star player. And, you know, guys like Patrick Beverly, he, his offense is so bad. Like, he's a great defender, don't get me wrong, but his offense is literally the worst offense in the league, shooting-wise. So, again, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's either a guy like a Bradley Beal or nothing, to be honest. I mean, it, again, it's not going to swing the pendulum for if, them if to be. Could, a, if Zach, maybe if there's Zach rumors Levine, out there, yeah. Zach Levine, if he's unhappy in Chicago. Right. I was watching their game just now. They were losing to the Knicks, and they're 11 yeah, they lost, and 15 yeah. this year. Yeah. And so... Well, 11 and 16 now. So I didn't know that when the game finished. So they lost. Yeah. So they're 11 and 16 mm-hmm. for the season. And it's just like you had a chance to sign DeRozan. Caruso wanted to take a pay cut and stay with you. You had these core players from your championship team mm-hmm. that wanted to stay. But you're like, no, we want Russell Westbrook. Yeah. You know, and, and I hate just, saying that because it's just like, it's not Russell Westbrook from 2012 or no. 2016 triple double. He's not really not a superstar. He's not a superstar anymore. No, but he thinks he is. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So it's like, where are you going to trade peace? Because now teams know, like, if Rudy Gobert went for three first-round picks and all this, mm-hmm. we can trade anyone for two to three first-round Because now, right. now look at this. They did that in Minnesota, and they've been terrible since they brought Rudy Gobert over. Yeah, they're not good. No. Like, they're not good at all. Like, that was the saving grace was Rudy Gobert. So teams are seeing that. They're like, if Rudy Gobert went for three first-round picks, which is just insane so-and-so can go for three first-round picks. Right. If Rudy right. Gobert went for three first round picks, well, that yeah, Bradley Beal can go for the next ten years. Like yeah, that's just, just that's just the the president that the Timberwolves set with Rudy Gobert, and you know GMs just hate them for that now. Oh yeah, because oh, now you can't time. trade because now two first round picks. You're like that, that's that's a good deal for the next for the future going forward. Now they're like, you want Bradley Beal? We want we pretty much want your first round picks. We want that Gobert haul. So yeah. it's just like the late said purgatory. They don't have the pieces. They don't really have the draft picks anymore. New Orleans is loving their draft picks. So, yeah. I know we're going to jump into them here after this. Yep. But yeah, I think you just got to, if you're going to do it, you got to go all in. because You got to get a superstar with, with AD yeah. going forward for the future now. It, this is surprising because the LeBron Lakers retires. Right. The Lakers have always been an all-in kind of team. They they get their superstars and they're all in, but they're very timid this year. Very timid. And they they got players. They got role players. They didn't get any any big movers to, to put them into contention. So. I don't know, man. I, I again, purgatory. The Lakers are stuck, and I think they're a fringe ten seed. My grandpa's really rolling do. in his grave right now. Seeing oh this. boy, yeah. he's rolling his grave. Diehard Lakers fan. That's why I'm a Lakers fan. 
Yeah. Yeah. You're like uh, born into it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> well, quite literally. Yeah. But that's so. the thing. Lakers fans are diehards, man. It's, oh, one yeah, of those no we, you know, it's LA. You expect it. It's all this and that. And it's one of those, like you had the chance to sign Kawhi until they traded for Paul George. Like, just think about that. They could have had Kawhi Leonard, <clears throat> excuse yeah. me, LeBron James yeah. and Anthony Davis. That would be unstoppable. Like, oh, the I big mean, what if, right? Yeah, big what if, no doubt. But, um, uh, you know, a team that I'm really enjoying watching and not only enjoying watching, but just enjoying seeing their success. I love Zion Williamson. I think he's a great kid, and I, and I think he's just a beast, man. He Nobody can guard him. He's too big. He's too quick. He's too strong. Kind of like how Shaq was. Now, he, not, he's not Shaq, but he's dominant. He's dominant. And the Pelicans are the first, te- first place in the West right now. They're first place in the West right now. Zion's without Brandon Ingram in the past couple of games, he's averaging like 33 and close to a double double. He's a, he can pass. He now he's starting to shoot his jumper a little bit more. And when they get Brandon Ingram back, they're only going to be better, you know? And, and so I, I love this Pelicans team and I really think this Pelicans team can stick with that one seat. I really do. I think they can, they're young enough. They have a, they're deep enough. They have players off the bench. They're coached by a great guy in Willie green. And I, I'm all for the, this, this Pelicans rise. And the trade for CJ McCollum was clutch. Oh, big Because that's a veteran presence. Big that's time. a shooter in the starting line. Yeah. So everyone was like, why is Portland trading him? But it's like, you're not doing anything with him and Dame. <laughs> it was time. Yeah. Dude, and it was time. It was time to move on from that duo there. And you guys weren't winning and you weren't, not that you weren't competing, but you weren't getting past like the second round of the playoffs. Mine is like one year in the bubble. They right. played, but they played the Lakers. Yes. Yeah. Or they didn't make it to the conference championship. But they well, they, they made it to the conference finals. They beat the Nuggets in the second round, but then they got swept by the Warriors. So yeah. they kind of like, that, all that's right, what well, I was thinking. That's, that's what it was. They, yeah, they went yeah. seven with the Nuggets and then the Warriors yes. just shredded them. In. Yes. And so, um, yeah, I just, it's just, I, I don't know. I, I think the Pelicans can be a top four seed. Okay. I think it's still a lot, a long ways to go, but if they can stay healthy, I, that's the key. They're, they're yeah. forced to be reckoned with. Cause like Zion the had the history. The history of injuries going forward. Yes. You know, McCollum has, has has had his injury bugs before in the past with Portland. Yep. It's just Brandon Ingram. So you got these players that have the injury bug, the injury bug gene in them. But if they can break that, that Air Force be reckoned with anything can happen in the playoffs. Oh yeah, and they got they said they got depth, they got good defense, and Zion's is going to be a force to be reckoned with. This is the first round pick that everyone saw a couple of years. Ago. Yes. So, so he, I, wanna, he's, I gotta ask you a question real quick. Go ahead, yeah. go ahead. I have one more question to ask. Well, I, I, I think Zion's gonna be an all-star again this year, no doubt. Um, and they play great defense, they score at a high rate. Uh, you know, the fans are starting to show up to the games now, which is great. Uh, you know, they David Griffin's done a great job of getting pieces like Larry Nance, and he's drafted really, really well. Um, I'm just excited, man. I, I'm excited for I just want Zion to do the dunk contest. That's the one thing I want him to do, but don't be a um, LeBron and not do it. Your yeah, yeah, but he's I don't know if he's gonna do it, but we'll see. But go ahead, you had something you want to say. So this is like the unwritten rules. You know where I'm going with this. That Zion dunk. What is uh, your take? I, I, I'm for it. Yeah, I don't care. You I, had I, you had 60 minutes to yes. stop 18 or 48 yes. minutes, whatever is in the NBA. 48 minutes, right? Not yeah. But yet you had 48 minutes to not let this team beat you, and he's not doing it to gloat. The fans go there to see Zion Williamson do do. do excuse me. They they the Throw fans down. pay to see Zion Williamson. Do 360 windmill dunks yeah. no matter in the game. Right. It's not a matter of showboating or all this. He's putting on a show for the fans. That's, yeah, and exactly. I don't care if you're down 40 or if you're down 10. You're already going to eat that L and take it. Yeah. Let the fans have one more thing. You right. had a chance to beat them. You had a chance for him not to do that. 
He's not doing it to show you guys up. He's doing it for fan excitement. The fans pay to see Zion Williams and do that. They don't come here to see CP3 throw fit on the court. Yeah. You guys had 48 minutes just like they did to beat them, and you couldn't. Shut up. Let them impress the fans yeah. and go from there. CP3, right. I, like, I, don't, I have nothing against CP3, but he's the biggest whiner, and he bitches yeah. all the time, dude. He does, and, and not only that, he he elbowed Jose Alvarado in the face, so it's like, well, I'd rather see Zion. I'd, I'm more okay with Zion doing that dunk than you elbowing Jose Alvarado yeah. in the face. And, and because... It's no different than when, when they were beating the Warriors when he was with Houston. He's doing that stupid shimmy right. thing that, that stepped yeah. in. Mocker, yeah. It's no different. I'm all for, like, if there's unwritten rules, like, hey, don't undercut a guy on a fast break. Like, where right. guys are going to get hurt. But you had 48 minutes to beat the same team that's kicking your ass, and now you're pissed because he's because you guys wanted to do whatever, and they stole the ball, and he did a windmill dunk. Because right. when's he gonna, when else is he going to do that, right? Yeah. Like, no, yeah. they're, they're winning. Let, let the fans have a show. That's what they pay for. That's how you make your millions. And let the fans have a good experience with Zion or any other player doing a 360 windmill. And you know what's beat them if you don't want to do that. I agree. No, I totally agree. You're not going to get any disagreement from me with that. I love Zion, but I'm not even being biased. Like, I just don't have lose anybody. I wouldn't be pissed off about it. But, you know, Zion's such a great kid at the end of the game. He's like, yeah, maybe I got a little carried away. But he mentioned that, hey, this team sent my team home last year. I I didn't get to play. I've been in misery the past year because I haven't been able to be out there with my guys and play. He's going to do that. He's going to do that. So I I have no problem with it. And it's like you saw him back in the day. Guys would get fast breaks at the end of games or right. whatever, and they dunk it. Beat them. If you right. don't want them to, to do that, to to celebrate a win with the monstrous dunk. Yeah. Step. I know. It's not like he stole the ball and he did a layup, just a just a stat pad. He, I think that, he I think took the ball, mad. he looked back, and he yeah. 360 windmill. Like they're just let, mad that let they the lost. kid have fun. Yeah. Cause if they look if they won the game and Zion did that, they wouldn't be pissed off about it. No. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, uh, let's move on to the Boston Celtics final topic here for the NBA. Um, you know, they they had a pretty rough road trip in terms of going <laughs> the team that beat him in the finals. And then uh, the Clippers, I think they lost by like a combined like 30, 40 points in both games. They didn't play very well, but, uh, you know, they're the favorites in the East right now to me. I mean, I know Milwaukee is kind of creeping up, but. Jason Tatum's playing like an MVP right now. If I had to vote, I would probably either go with him or Doncic. Just you know, Doncic is just being—he's unreal this year. But Jason oh, Tatum Luke is a bad man. But but <laughs> the difference, yeah, right. But the difference is, is that you know Jason Tatum is on the best team in the East right now. So and the Mavericks are struggling to even win games. You know at this point. So, um, I, yeah, I would go with, with Tatum as my MVP right now. But just the, the defense they play, the and this this team is a cohesive unit because this is the exact same team plus the guys like Malcolm Brogdon who's only going to make you better. That made yeah. the finals last year. So yeah, I'm I'm only on Boston right now, to be honest with you. Same. I um I hate saying this as a Lakers fan, but I, I oh, think yeah. they're the team to beat right now in the East. And I'm like I said, I like Jason Tatum. I like Jalen Brown. I have nothing against the players. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think the Lakers should pursue Jay or not Jalen, but uh when Jason Tatum comes, when, it's, yeah. when it's time, when the time comes, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. You have that poll. Big Kobe Bryant fan, look up to him. Did a photo shoot in Jersey. I mean, yeah, never he wanted Paul to be Pierce a Laker. doing that. Yeah, never yeah. catch Kevin Garnett doing a photo shoot in a Magic Johnson jersey <laughs> to say no. like equivalents, right? So, yeah, yeah, I think the Lakers have some pull with that. But to keep it here, um, I think the Bucks will. They'll get healthy. They'll start making some strides. I still think Milwaukee will come out of the East. But the way Boston is looking, it's hard to argue it. Like I said, Jason Tatum might be the MVP this year. The way he's playing, and yeah, it's just it's taken them up this long up to this point. You've seen flash, but him and Jalen Brown are quick. Like they are clicking that whole, that whole Celtics team is clicking, but th- th- those big two on that team, those big two, they're clicking. And I just, they're a great one too. And they're one of the best in the league. And that's what you need at this point. You need two 
an all-star and a great role player who's going to be an all-star. Not a superstar, but an all-star. Sure. That can make pushes and great role players. You got Marcus Smart. You got all these, not young guys, but you got good role players there in Boston that are yeah. just clicking well. And yeah, I think that's that's really it. It's just Jason and, Tatum's an MVP and he's he's showing it. I think he's salty from losing the finals. You know, every you team go. should be. And yep, yep. he's hungry and he needs to show. He, he's, he needed to take that step this, se- this season to show like, I can compete with the LeBrons and the eighties and the Stephs and the Katie's yes, and, and the Lucas and the, and the Devin Bookers. You know, I can show, I can do that. And it's always been there, but he was always kind of like that shell was that shell that shell was waiting to break. Yeah. It's broken now. And Jason Tatum is on. A agree. He's on a terror. Yeah. And I think Boston is, it's going to be scary come playoff time. If they can stay healthy, health is always a yeah, big health, thing. Health is but the most important the thing. The Celtics never really like struggled with health. The last team, like Jason Tatum's never got to like gets hurt, knock on wood or Jalen Brown. So it's like, yeah. The health, the health factor is on their side. Like they have the history. Of it. Just a matter of can they keep up this consistency, and the rest of the team stay healthy, rolling into playoff time. Because yeah. you don't want to go into Boston with them as a once. I don't care what team you are. No one wants to go into hostile Boston. Yeah, you know. So yeah. that's that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, and their offense is like legendary right now. It's like one of the most efficient offenses the league has ever seen, besides that Warrior Clipper game. But. You know, they bounced back last night in a pretty thrilling win against the Lakers, and, you know, they just got to keep rolling. And Jason Tatum got better, which is pretty hard to believe. I mean, he went into the lab in the offseason and got better from the superstar season. He made all, all first-team NBA last year, right? So he's definitely looking to do that again this year and win some hardware. And, yeah, the, the Celtics, as you mentioned, they're a cohesive unit because they've all been together for quite some time. There's no – besides Brogdon, I mean, there's no really – new guys there. I mean, Derek White was traded for last year, but he's been in the system now. And you got to give credit to Joe Missoula too, with the whole Ime Udoka thing. Like, you know, Missoula has done a great job of taking the reins of that job and leading this team, not only on defense, they're a great defensive team, but I think it's just their offense. And they got to limit their turnovers because that's a big reason why they lost to the Warriors last year. But, um, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on the Celtics right now. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I think so. There's, there's the Celtics, there's the Bucks, and then there's everybody else to me yeah. in the East. To me, no, I, I agree with you. I think the Sixers are right there, but they're, they're right there. Like, yeah, it's it's Embiid in what? I mean, you got Harden, but it's not and, 2016 yeah. Harden averaging no. 40 points over a 20 game stretch. You know what I mean? Right. It's not the same James Harden. Right. So he's a nice piece to have, but five years ago would have been nice to have. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just like there's that, and maybe maybe the Cel- not excuse me, not the Celtics, but the Sixers will be on the market for a guy, maybe like a Beal nice or a Damian yeah. Lillard if he, if uh, Portland wants to look into that. They the kind of did playing. that. They kind of did that with Jimmy Butler a few years ago. They were in on Jimmy, you know what I mean? And they had three guys, but you know, Tyrese Maxey's there. And I think he's definitely grown a lot and, and gotten better. But no, I, I agree. I think they have to trade for one more piece. Yeah. The Sixers. Yeah. And then yeah. They, can, they can contend. It's just like you got the great two pieces there in Milwaukee. They got a good uh with Marja Marjan Bochamp. Yeah. John oh, yeah. Native. Yeah. But he uh there and learning from Giannis and all that. So there's those that little gro- learning curve that's gonna happen, and he'll be a great role player for the Bucks going forward. With Definitely. that first round pick, and then Boston's just clicking. Like I said, I, I agree with you. I hate and I hate agreeing because I'm a Lakers fan, <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. I like Jason Tatum, so it's just hard to root against him Good as guy. a player. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I think he's gonna win it for Deuce. He's gonna do it for Deuce. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. no doubt, but, no doubt. But yeah, and it's then, just it, it's, it's Boston, Milwaukee, everyone yeah. else. And then in the West, it's just a crapshoot, man. It's 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 you don't know. I mean, the Warriors lost again tonight on the road. I think they're like two and like fifteen on the road. They're or not having like a good season. No, and they and they lost a lot of depth with Otto Porter Jr. and and a lot of other guys. You know, uh, Gary Payton the second. They've lost a lot of depth, so we'll see there. They're gonna. That's a team that has to make a trade. I think yeah. at the deadline, no doubt, no doubt. So, 
All right, man. I think that's it. I think we covered everything on the list. It's not it. Yeah, we still got oh, hot, hot takes. takes. Yeah, hot yeah, takes, yeah. Mister. Right. You got right, one. Right. right. Yeah, you I got a second. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Brian, what's your hot take? All right, so we talked about how good the Pelicans have been this year, and I, I really think, man, I, I'm telling you, the West is just a – who knows who's going to take it this year, you know, whether it's the Grizzlies, the Nuggets, the Warriors, uh, you know, you don't know. So, But this Pelicans team is playing really well. I don't, I don't, I see them maybe hitting a little bit of a plateau in the middle of the season, but I, I think this Pelicans team is going to make the Western Conference Finals. Is that a hot take? Yeah, because that West, I mean, they're the one seed, so no one's, like, sleeping on them, but people yeah. still think, like, a Clippers team can push, and then, like, Denver and sure. Dallas and even Phoenix when they get But I, I, I just, yeah. I think people are like, okay, it's a nice story. You know what I mean? But if they make the Western Conference Finals, that that's going to be a big, bigger story to me. So, yeah. So what about I, you? What's your hot take? I like it. I like it. I like it. Excuse me. My hot take. This is a really hot take. Oh, I've, had, I've had some of the World Cup. I've had some of all this. Yeah. My hot take. The Detroit Lions will make the playoffs. Okay. They will All win right. out and make the playoffs. And they will win at least their first playoff game in the wild card. Wow. And they will make the divisional round. And go from there. It can all go from there. They're going to make the playoffs. Okay. So they're going to win they're out. They're going to win the wild card. Okay. They're going to make the divisional round. So my hot take wow. is the Detroit Lions will at least make the divisional round of the NFC playoffs. Okay. Hey, team gets hot. They get in the dance. You never know. You never know, and 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 they're like I said, their last four games besides the Jets, who some people think are a bad team, still, you know, their 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 next four games aren't that bad. They're not that tough, so oh, they went out. Dan Campbell said, "We're we fall down, we're gonna be ripping kneecaps right off. We're gonna be buying that's right. off kneecaps." And that's what they're doing, and and that would be their first playoff win since oh god, maybe 90s. the early nineties. Yeah, Barry Sanders there like ninety two, I think it was. Yeah, so that would be great. I, I love that. I love that. I love Dan Campbell. I love the attitude of the team. I love. Jared Goff's playing great. You know what I mean? They have the Williams kid now from Alabama. He's healthy towards AC on the championship game. He just came back, scored a touchdown. His first a big, pass. Yeah, big first pass, deep pass, and they scored, which was pretty crazy. Yeah, so all right. That, that's a great take. I like I, I like that take because I'm I'm over the Lions. But I don't care for like the city of Detroit or Cleveland or those cities like that. I really don't care for them. <laughs> so, but it would be a feel-good story. Yeah. You know, be on hard knocks, make it. Dan Campbell had a rough time there in Miami. Just they were a dumpster fire at that time. And yeah, and it's just Detroit Lions, you know, it's just like and, had nothing exciting about it, even with Calvin Johnson and Matthew Stafford. So yeah. it's like you've had these good players, and these good teams that just couldn't do it. And yeah. I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to make it with this team and they're going to at least win the wild card. It's pretty at hard to believe. Wild card game. They started one and six. They make the playoffs after starting one and six. Man, that's, that's the first that's time ever. Put- yeah, oh, yeah. Like the I first time ever so. in NFL history. I would assume so, yeah. No doubt about it, man. So, all right, man. I think that's going to do it for episode 10, season two of the Talking Ball podcast. Of course, you can follow us on socials, and we have uh, SoundCloud, we have Apple Podcasts, we have Spotify Podcasts, we have TikTok, we have YouTube. So, there really isn't any other place that you can't find us. Facebook. Honest. Yeah, right, right. Facebook. We're not on Twitter. Mason messed that up for us. It's yeah, big. we'll get Mason's that. Just, Mason's just busy. Be, be, Mason is busy. busy. Yeah. Being a dad right now, the father life, you know, and I'll be experiencing that soon enough. Yeah, right, so, right, right. Um, but you know, he's got his own thing going on. He's had a couple guests. He's getting caught up on his podcast right now. Yeah, yeah Patrick Wisdom on man, that's pretty yeah, dope. Third like, baseman for the Cubs. So yeah, that's yeah. shout out to Base for getting that one. He told us like, wait, what? You know, and yeah, I was shocked. Yeah. And, yeah, if you want to listen way. to his podcast, uh, Loaded Base Podcast, you can find him on any streaming service. So he's been doing that, kind of getting caught up on his personal one and also uh, dad life. And he's always Snapchatting uh, back 
Little watching knock, watching sports. Watching sports and basketball. Yeah. It's funny because Mason is a baseball guy. Huge, huge baseball guy. Loves sports, but he's a right. baseball guy. Like me. Yeah. And he, Malcolm, loves basketball. I know. So he's watching a lot of NBA basketball. It's just, it's, I want him back on. We need to get him on next week. Well, what's the Before season? Christmas. Yeah. Because well, you're, the- you're going back home for, for a yeah. couple weeks. So we'll probably take a little break during that. If not, basically, I may just do a quick solo one just yeah, to yeah, keep yeah. stuff going for relevancy for social media and all that. But, but no, yeah, it's just like he's, He's watching more football and, and, and basketball since the birth of his son. Yeah. And he started well, when, he, when he became the trio with us. I think and we need to get the, him back on at least, well, at the, least once a month. Well, once the MLB season comes around, I think they'll be watching a lot of Cubs, no doubt. Oh, right? 100%, 100%. You know what I'm saying? Because I think he was born when the season was over or it was just ending. You know what I'm saying? No, so, it, it was like midway. He was, I think he was born in August. Like, because they oh, went okay. to a game in Seattle. Oh, right. But it was, right, it was like yes. near the end of the season, though. Yeah. You're right. My bad. And yeah, he was true. like, do not take a newborn. To a baseball game. <laughs> I know, right? That's, Especially that's an MLB move. game on a Friday night. I'm like, right. I, it's right. like, I'm not even down. I could have told you that. <laughs> right, yeah, true, true. No, you're true. not an idiot, but it's just like, he's excited. Excited. I'd be the same. I'm taking my son to his first baseball game. And then it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's crying the whole time. Moment. And so it's funny because he's like, he's like, not chill. he'll chill there. He'll watch. He sends me Snapchats and put filters on him and all this, but he's like, yeah, watching, watching sports. So it's like, it's good. He's got a, he's got a sports kid on his hands. So that'll be good. No for doubt. Him. All right. Well, hey, shout out to him. Shout out to Malcolm. Shout out to Mason. We'll be back with us soon. So that's going to do it for Antonio. I am Ryan, guys. We are signing off until next week. Peace. Later, guys.